Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. I'm Dave Massey. I am joined in the studio by a guest. I've got a guest in the studio. I've got George Ellesmere, who is from Caramel Latte Kiss. Did I say all of that correct? You did. Yes, well done. <laughs> George uh, has, was, has uh, been down to the studio previously in previous generations and yeah. it's been about three or four years since you've been it's into this space it's been a while I'm very impressed by how posh Brum Radio is now <laughs> it was a bit more of a it was a bit fresh wasn't an it an upstart operation back absolutely in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what you're doing at the moment and uh, what you've been up to uh, well, I am a freelance writer, yes. um, which means I do all kinds of things. So I have uh, a couple of my, what I like to call my sort of less interesting, but pays the bills clients. So mm-hmm. I do some SEO work um, for kind of larger agencies. And then I get to do the fun stuff. Like I write fun listicles for a website called Comic Book Resources, which yes. you might know about, which is, you know, if you see those lists like, you know, 10 times Batman fought the Joker and what happened, like those, that that's me. I do that stuff, which is a lot of fun. Brilliant. And then I also run a lifestyle blog, Caramel Latte Kiss. And how long would you say that you've been doing that for now? The blog? Oh, man. Um, my it's blog is... Yeah, I'm I'm one of the OG. I've been yeah. around from when everybody took bad selfies in their mirrors and edited them with that, like, sepia tone. If mm-hmm. anybody else is around from blogging in that era. I remember that. was that. me. I've been going about 10 years, I think, now. Fantastic. like that. And how... Um, you, you started to freel- do freelancing before the first lockdowns happened. I did. Um, and that was a, a, a f- I, I remember this being quite an exciting stage in your life where you're suddenly going from from working uh, under someone else's umbrella to working under your own umbrella yeah I did what I would advise nobody did and I went freelance about seven months before having to pay for my wedding yes um, so I did that and then survived lockdown so yeah it was actually in an odd way a nice way to feel confident in that oh, actually I'm going to be okay like, there's always that panic as a freelancer like like at any point, any point it could all go wrong but well, it's strange but all quite reassuring that I did both of those things <laughs> and I'm still going and I'm alright and it's a heavy situation to get into isn't it you know you sort of yeah. it's a risky situation definitely and if anything it's just your own discipline I think is the difficult part it's so easy especially if you're working at home to just wander off or spend the day opening the fridge and looking into it hoping there's something more interesting than last time you looked I mean I admit that's still a big part of my day as a freelancer but yeah there is that worry of whether you're going to be able to kind of be your own boss enough to make sure you actually get things done when you need to absolutely and one of the things that I first discovered was that there was 10 magical hours that had appeared in the week which yeah. are the, the commuting hours that you used to have. Um, when you first discovered those 10 hours, um, how did you feel about them? Because I've had people tell me that they might have felt guilty um, or, or like pangs of guilt for not doing things in that time. Um, how did you first learn to utilise those those extra hours of the week that you would have used commuting? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I've just sort of thought about it that way. Um, I am... Um relatively disorganised I think compared to a lot of freelancers mm-hmm. I know a lot of my freelance friends have very set hours they work between this yeah. and this whereas I have never really done that I'm always a bit kind of I get up and wander about the flat for ages drink several cups of coffee it's probably what I'm using my commute time for actually is to drink like four cups of coffee yeah. again don't do that that's terrible <laughs> and then I might sit down and crack on with some work um, I wish I could say I was doing something really productive like yes I go running or I'd go to a yoga class where it's and I'm probably just faffing about but, <laughs> but, this extra is, hours. but this is the thing is that people <laughs> tell me that they use their extra hours to have a bath and all oh, that or, or they're using them to go to the suit to go to the co-op 
and get things yeah. from the co-op. Um, I always think those are quite interesting uh, times because they give you a different sort of um, approach to work. Yeah, uh, they're good life admin hours as well. That's like, a, oh, I'm going to put some laundry in or I'm going to get around to doing Oh, exactly that. I'm going to pop to the co-op and buy some milk. <laughs> so you're using yeah. that, you are using them for very practical tasks Probably. anyway. I think that's, wandering aimlessly around my house, yeah. I think that's a brilliant way of doing it as well. I always thought that people um, suddenly, I mean, particularly in lockdowns, they suddenly discovered this. Did you suddenly feel like people had discovered your secret lifestyle when they went into lockdown? Definitely. It was a bit like the secret was out. Yeah. It was just when people were sort of talking about the things they were doing in between, like, like, or working out how much more productive you can be when you haven't got somebody coming to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. That was something I always found in office life in that somebody always wants something and fair enough it's part of your job but somebody's coming up going oh could you just and all those little could you just really add up in a day and when you haven't got anybody coming to do that you suddenly find you can get your job done in a much shorter amount of time and that watching people discover that was a bit like but now now everybody will know that I'm actually only doing this many hours of work and then just messing about the rest of the time it's completely shattered the illusion of like how hard working we are (laughs) I, I refer to it as my six hours Whatever yeah. it is, I just say it's six hours. And yep. I know that's the um, compression of what you would have spent your whole eight hours doing if you were sat in an office is that yeah. six hour sort of gap. And I always find that quite interesting uh, to sort of quantify when I'm trying to exp- justify it to, to other <laughs> yeah. people. They're like, what have you done? My, my parents, particularly. My parents <laughs> ask every single day, what have you done today? Good what job. have you? I've been, <laughs> I've spent six hours preparing for Brum Hour. And they're like, really? <laughs> And what else have you do? And I'm like, but that's that's a lot. Six hours is a lot yeah. to be doing that as well. Um, when you're thinking about your mental health and mm-hmm. uh, how how you're working on your mental health, um, how do you um, sort of use uh, being a freelancer and working from home and coming into town uh, to to assist your mental health? What what sort of things can you? I think isolation can be a massive problem for a lot of freelancers. It can be quite challenging, and you could just get in cabin fever if you're sat in the same four walls. Um, I mean, I live in a very small one bedroom flat, so I can't even. I haven't got a lot of choice even to going yeah. elsewhere in the flat. And then one day a week, my husband works from home, and um, I can't see what he does, but he has to keep his work secure even for me. Yes, which means he has to shut me out of the one room we can close off. Wow. So that can be interesting. It definitely can be challenging. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky in that I have other freelance friends, so we often we'll meet up and sort of co-work in town we'll go and sit in a nice cafe somewhere mm-hmm. we're those annoying people who take up all the tables with, with laptops but it, it's that helps a lot to have somebody else a to just talk to you in general during your day and somebody else to sort of keep you on task a bit yeah. we often pick those days if we've got big deadlines coming up so you've got somebody to kind of be like okay that's nice now get off facebook and do what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> that helps how many different locations have you discovered so far would you say oh quite a few yeah i think i mean anywhere that's got I've started to become that person where I look for plug sockets when I go into cafes yes. now and I notice it and I'm like, oh, they've got lo- like a new cafe that's opened up down the road for me in Bearwood and yeah. I went in with my husband and the first thing I did was, oh, they've got loads of plug Pointing. sockets. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And it's, <laughs> it's funny because you do see people particularly sat in a cafe on the basis of where the plug sockets where are. Yeah, where you plug in. And that never used to happen. That was a thing that didn't <laughs> happen before. You'd suddenly find people are sitting a little bit closer to you than you'd be comfortable, but they're like, they're, you know they're plugged in and therefore you're just going to have to accept that <laughs> they're plugged in. Or you've got to move, yeah. Or bring along a cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that. So that's yeah. my, uh, I'd probably be creating trip hazards knowing me doing, doing that as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very keen to talk about how people use um their their freelancing balancing in terms of mental health um 
do you do you spend time down because you were saying that you spend maybe downtime or procrastination time as well do you think that's important to utilize those that time for procrastination or going for a walk or going to the shops i think so i think it's very easy especially i think when you're new to freelancing to feel like any hour that you're not using for work is a waste i think particularly if you're working at home it can be very difficult to turn off at the end of the day and you find yourself you're still answering emails or you're writing something up at 10 o'clock at night and that's good for nobody's brain Mm -hmm. so having even if you have to be a bit stricter with yourself about when you do it so for me i try to take I don't necessarily call it a lunch hour, but try to take a, a break at some point in the middle of the day. So I do a bit of work in the afternoon, in the morning, stop for a bit, go out for a walk. A, so I've at least left the flat and not just sat in the same four walls. That's always great. And then come back and go again. And I'm, my brain is a lot happier for it, definitely. Mine's a YouTube break. I like it. I, uh, I, I, I seem to follow a lot of channels on YouTube that have got like 15 minute videos. So I'll oh, sit and watch a little little brain rest. Yeah, I'll sit and watch maybe one or two of those, depending on how I'm feeling. Uh, and I think it's quite, and they can be on anything. There's a <laughs> collection that I follow um, that that just encourage a bit of downtime during the day as well. And these are on the rainy days. I mean, today can't decide whether it's a rainy day or not. But on on, <laughs> on other days, you're just sort of, sort of uh, deciding whether you're going to be able to go for a walk on those days or whether you're going to have to sit and watch YouTube and watch yes, a, watch other else. people going for a walk on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a real, a real practical sense to doing that as well. Um, you also very kindly uh, write reviews for me. I do. Uh, for Bromour, um going to the theatre and going to see things. Your background previously was in theatre as in theatre as well. It was, yeah. How I began does, my life as a press officer in theatre, yeah. How does that um, affect what you do when you're writing reviews? I think it probably just changes the way I think about it because I've seen the other side of things. I, yeah, so I've spent time working back of house. I understand what goes into putting on a production and I often think maybe that means that I spot things that other people might not. Sometimes they're good things, sometimes they're bad things. There might be something I get more appreciation for because I know about it. I mean, a good example, when I reviewed the play that goes wrong for yeah. you, I think I got so much joy out of that because every single one of those things, I mean, not in all in, all in one production admittedly, but I don't think there was a single thing that happened in that show that I've not seen at some point when I worked backstage in a theatre. Um, I'm actually taking my mum to see it this week. Who yeah. also, she's a theatre housekeeper and I know she's going to have the same joy and be like, we know all of these people people we've seen all of these productions <laughs> particularly the amdram people we um yeah it gives you an extra enjoyment i think fantastic and I, I always think it's great to have someone who's come from that background doing a review because there's always a different perspective yeah uh, for doing that because you're sort of more tolerant to the fact that things can turn to chaos but at the same time you have got a standard that you expect as a result of that you expect yeah. things, when when things are going great you expect them to go a particularly level of uh smoothness to yes, them definitely. which i think is quite interesting to see as well um how, how much time are you now spending in birmingham less than i did pre-lockdown i admit i think because i sort of got in the habit of working more from home rather than taking my laptop on its travels um i do try to be in a lot politically obviously with the lifestyle side mm-hmm. of the blog it helps so i'm around so i know what's going on i'm going to try out new places um so i'm usually in a couple of days a week but it kind of vary week to week there might be a week where i'm in every five minutes doing something or i might not come in for a couple of weeks or yeah and what's your approach to networking like at the moment how's that happening do you have an approach to networking now? <laughs> I've always had a horror of networking, yeah. I admit, which is ironic, which is pretty much how you and I know each other. Yeah. through sort of that sort of We met through networking. networking stuff, but often I admit, networking sort of thing makes me want to claw my face off. I, I, this is why I'm a freelancer. I don't want to talk to people. I just want to sit in my house to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm not alone in that fact. Um, yeah, I think my approach to now, I think 
um, rather than approaching sort of more formal networking events, I think often just generally striking up chat with people yeah. at other things. So, you know, talking to people at mm-hmm. press events, for example, is probably more yeah. what I'm finding now. And, and do you feel networking is online, I think, too, these days. And do you feel like that you've moved further into that field of doing it in that way? I think so, yeah. It feels a lot more natural. I think going to a more formal networking event has always been a little bit nerve-wracking for yeah. me. So it's much nicer. At least if you're at the same event, it gives you a starting point rather than that god-awful, hi, I'm George and I do this. It's funny oh. having to do that, isn't it? Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I haven't haven't been to networking. I, I used to run networking events mm. all the time. I haven't been to a networking event in quite some time. And then I know that I'm going to have to break the ice and actually go and do it. Speak to a human. And say who I am and what (laughs) I do. Because after lockdown and going back into central Birmingham, um, I didn't recognise any of the people that were working in the coffee shops. I didn't recognise people that were working in uh, particular bars or restaurants. Uh, And they didn't recognise me. (laughs) Yeah, I had the same experience going on sort of blog things as well. So many people started up, I mean, particularly now it seems to have moved away from blogging as well. Like the more influencer thing now seems to be on Instagram. Yes. And I think, yeah, me having been around from the era of everybody's really over-edited sepia tone photos. <laughs> also, I'm like, yes, these young people have come up are all much cooler than me. And I think like, where did you all come from? I don't know what happens. They were, they were always going to feel much cooler than us. Yeah, definitely. That's a, it's, it's, <laughs> and then the generation after that is going to feel much cooler than them. Probably. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's an endless, I think it's an endless cycle. <laughs> Absolutely. George, uh, we can find you on your website, which is Kiss. Dot com. That's right, yeah. Um, and people can contact you. You can. You can email me on georgina at caramelattekiss.com um, or you can find me on Twitter at caramelattekiss. And you're also on Instagram as well. I am indeed. Same there at caramelattekiss. How's your Twitter and Instagram life going? They're going good. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mostly use Twitter for talking nonsense, I admit. So if you, you know, check it today for example there's a whole you'll probably just mostly find me shouting about Eurovision from the, <laughs> from the weekend that was my last kind of thing I'm sure I should be using it more for sensible things but you can find some of my writing there particularly some of the more pop culture comic book stuff I do fantastic uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come down and chat thank to you. us today thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app